<clears throat> well, again, that's part of who we are. Well, this, if we're beginning, you're in, you're in week one of this, of three weeks of us doing a new series that we just called Facts of Life. And you go on a website, you see the facts page, F-A-Q, Frequently Asked Questions. And uh, those, of the, those of y'all that have been with us since January, you've been every once in a while getting a little slip of paper in that bulletin of yours that says, hey, if you've got a question, you want, some, you want to know something, write it on there, slip it in this as it comes by. We're gonna, we were going to be doing a series in June. We've been preparing for this um, all the, the, since uh, January. And um, y'all asked a lot of questions. We're not going to get to cover all of them in three weeks. Uh, our plan is to cover some of them via video and put them up on our website, uh, some of those questions. But this week, and we've kind of broken them up, okay? We've broken them up into the ones we're going to cover into three questions. And this week, these are questions that have to do with God. Obviously, we need to get that paradigm straight for us to understand the other paradigms. We're here to serve God. We're here to connect with God. And we've got to get that part straight. Next week, we're going to talk about, and honestly, I had, it worked out perfect. It's Father's Day's next week, and we're talking about the family. And you'd think I did that on purpose, but I didn't. It just kind of accident. It makes me look smart. I'm not that smart. And um, so we'll be talking about the family. And then the third week, freebie, take it. All right. Thank you, dear. And... Uh, and then the third week, we're going to talk about things that have to do with our behaviors and all of what the church world would lump into as like sin issues and that kind of stuff. I want to warn everybody, we're going to put it up on the, on the website. Um, the third week, we're not going to be crass, we're not going to be crude, we're not going to be irreverent in any way, but it will be a PG-13 service, okay? First one ever for Celebration Church, simply because of the subject matters, okay? And so we are always fine with um, kids, love it. When kids are in the service and their parents want them in the service with them, that's fantastic, but I don't want any parents blindsided. It's, it's a normal thing to have six- and seven-year-olds pop in here, and that's great. If they engage and love it, that's wonderful, but I don't want anybody blindsided and say, I had no idea he was going to talk about that with a little Johnny sitting next to me. Okay? And so just know that the week of the 24th, is a PG-13 service, okay? We have a wonderful children's program happening down there, which we'll know that all y'all that want that, have them, have them there. And so uh, um, and I'm looking forward to that service as well. Today, it's not PG-13, so don't get, uh, don't get uncomfortable. So let's go ahead. If you've got version, you're on our website, on your phone, or however you're doing it, crack open your old-school bulletin. Let's tear into this. Um, because the first thing we want to talk about is the fact that questions are a normal part of any relationship. God doesn't back off of our questions. It doesn't hurt his feelings or get him riled that we ask questions. Because you know what? That's how we get to know one another. And our assignment, our assignment as a church is to help people to know God better and to trust him more. That's what we, that's what we do. And so in getting to know God better, we're going to ask some questions. You know what? And that is okay. So today, as we're going to cover a few questions about God as we journey to know him better and to trust him more. And the funny thing is about questions is with a question asked of someone else, the question reveals something about the asker. They're wanting to know something, but it reveals something about the asker. Somebody says, hey, you're going to eat that? It reveals something about the asker. More than likely... They want it. They're a little hungry. Um, excuse me, are you single? It's a question. 
reveals a little bit about the asker. What's happening there? Um, my kids, do you have any cash on you? Reveal something. They know that I've already anticipated that question. And they know the answer. Dad does not carry cash. No, I do not have cash. They're like, oh yeah, mom has cash. And it circumvents my plan. Uh, Carson, we have shared with y'all a few weeks ago or months ago, uh, Carson came to me and asked if he could buy a foot of land. Revealed something in his heart. He was wanting to protect the hole he had dug. Um, did not want it filled in. Wanted to own it outright. Um, uh, Brooklyn one time asked uh, my dad, said, Poppers, did you know I like fish? He did not know she liked fish. Brooklyn wanted some fish. We um, uh, hear the question, Dad, are you in a good mood? It's one of them loaded questions. I don't know if I'm in a good mood. I am at the moment. Keep rolling and we'll see how that rolls. And then just last night, I was asked, Bran, did you buy a birthday cake? It reveals? You have no idea, woman. You have no idea if there's a birthday cake anywhere or not. You don't know. So, our first question, our first question, we got some wonderful volunteer actors to do a portrayal of y'all who ask questions. We got the first question. As an avid newspaper reader, I have noticed a lot of destruction in this world. So my question is, if God is good, then why do we see bad in this world? It's a good question, ma'am. Lady I've never met. Um, <laughs> that's a question. And just like all of these other questions that revealed a little bit about the asker, I love this question. I love this question when people ask it. I love this question when people are mulling over it. I love it when, when people come to me and, and they have that question to me as a pastor. I love it because it reveals a few things. First off, before we get into answering that question, it reveals this thing that we recognize that there are two things. There's some good stuff in this world, and there's some not-so-good stuff in this world. It is, this other question, this other thing that's revealed in this question, is the fact that I expect good for me. Somehow it's hardwired in here that I expect good. Good kind of should come my way. I don't like the bad stuff. I don't want that, and I don't want it for other people. It's painful for me to see other people having to go through bad stuff. I don't like what, seeing stuff on the news. I don't like it. It's just, it doesn't click with me. That, that's one of the motives for this question. This question is, is that, oh, that also reveals this inward desire to want a God that is good. And want to try to, to, to fix things. That I see bad stuff. I want God to be good. I, I, I don't understand this th stuff. Good, bad shouldn't happen. I want good only for me. All of these pieces of the asker come flowing up with that one little question. With that one little question. And it's asked over and over and over again. So you know what? The first thing to do, we're going to answer this in basic because we've got a couple of these to answer uh, this morning. But the first thing, and just a, a quick answer, is the fact that it comes down to our zip code, folks. 
it comes down to when and where we live. We live right now in this place called earth. Where we, where Deuteronomy 30, 19, and 20 are the rule of the day. God told us this. He let us know. He gave us the inside track. This day. See, there's lots of people asking this question. He knew it. He knew this question was coming up. And he says, look, I want you to understand what's happening here. He don't want us just bouncing around. He's giving us the answer. This day, I call heaven and earth as a witness. All of creation is going to testify to this. Against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. There's the good stuff and there's the yuck stuff. And they both are here for you right now. So now, choose life. Choose life. This reveals that we're choosers. This reveals that both are accessible to us now. This reveals that life is better. That thing on the inside of us that made us ask the question to begin with, that's the default answer. The good of this world that I think I want, yes, I'm hardwired for that. God says that's the part I should be choosing. Okay, I've already got a life-turning tendency. I need to go with that. That life should be heading my way. So choose life so that you and your children may live. Now watch this. Watch this. And. So if you choose life, there's these repercussions. This comes with choosing life. Okay? You and your children may live. That's fantastic. You choose life so that you may love the Lord your God. When we, have a, when we find this place of us having a hard time loving God, a lot of times it is this place of our own choices where we keep choosing death. We keep making destructive choices and saying, God, give me good anyways. I'm having a hard time loving you because I'm not getting the good of this world when there's, there's death and destruction that at my choosing. And I want to choose death and you come in and rip the death out of me that even though I chose it and give me life anyways. That is, and it's like, no, you begin to choose. And I'm having a hard time with you, God, because you're not doing that for me. I want to be as stupid as I want to be and get all the good I can. I want to be a selfish. I want to be a self-centered. I want to choose death over and over again. And you yank the death out of my mouth and shove life in there, even though I don't choose it. And I'm irritated with you, God. I'm having a hard time loving you because you don't do that for me. If we choose life and we find this place, that's why it's one life-giving choice leads us closer to God over and over and over again. It also helps us to listen to his voice. If when we choose life, it begins to put us on his frequency, he's talking life talk. If we begin to choose life, we're dialing him in. He's not talking death and destruction. He's not leading us into that. He's talking life talk. The more we dial it in, the more we hear his voice. And when we choose life, we're holding fast to him. We're not just making wise decisions when we choose life. We are connecting ourselves to the source of life himself. We are connecting ourselves to God. We have to understand this place, folks, over and over again. While we are breathing oxygen, we are choosers. We have to choose Christ as our Savior. We're going to get to, to that point in a little bit. We have to choose Him. We have to choose. But He is cheering for us and putting it all out there and wanting us to be choosers of Him. Why? Because the Lord is our life. And He will give you many years in the land He swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, James 1 says, then, after, 
Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And don't be deceived, dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Sin gives birth to death, but God is the one that gives life. John 10.10, the thief, again, it's these, it's this dichotomy, and we have access to both. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy, and I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. <clears throat> why are we have access to both? Why do we have access to both? Why, why would God let us be in this place where ugly stuff happens? Why? I'm hardwired for good. Why can't I just have good? Okay, here's where it comes. This is what doesn't jive with us. This is the piece that makes us go tilt. Because outside of Christ, we don't deserve any good at all. If we were not in this window where life and death were both existed so that we could step over from death into life, because guess what your zip code is when you're born? Death. And everything that goes with it. And he said, you know what? I hate that. And I'm creating this period of mortality so that you're not trapped there forever. And there's this good that's showing up. It's this good that's showing up. And we get these whiffs of it. And we're like, that's what I'm hardwired for. And he said, yes, yes, yes. Choose me. Choose me. That's it. Yes, you were built for this. Choose me. That is what it's doing. And instead, the enemy comes in and begins to turn the good that he's coaxing us with and say, well, it's so it's just, if God was good, why is all this bad stuff? That's ours. That's what we inherited. That's what we should live in all the time outside of Christ. But because he wanted to coax us to himself and give us the opportunity to step over from death to life, we live in a place where we can see things that represent heaven itself to draw us to him and things that represent hell itself because that's where we were destined. We were born for there. When we were, that was what, that was where we were going in our sin. We weren't made for that. We were made to be with him. And that's why we have this. That is what this is about. We have our next question. to know. Does God punish people? Because I'm really hoping he doesn't. I'm really hoping he does. The adults are talking here. You're such a bully! Hey, like that, we, we pulled the old switcheroo on you. We thought it'd be fun to kind of mix this up a little bit and uh, let me handle a couple of these questions that I think Pastor Brandon didn't like. No, I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. He gave me the good questions. <laughs> That's a good question, isn't it? Does God punish people? Does God still do this? We look back in the Old Testament, we see example after example where it seems like God meted out punishment. And a good question like that deserves a good straight-up answer. So here it is. You ready? Does God punish people? Yes. And? No. All right, there you go. I'm a, I'm a consummate politician. There's my political answer. You know what the question is? The answer is yes and no. We have a tendency to look at life, however, as a series of 
rewards and consequences. And, and when we start to do this, what we do is we look at our lives, we look at other people's lives and we say, man, things are going good. They must be doing something good. And then we see somebody else or ourselves for that matter. And things start to go haywire. And the first thought sometimes is, what am I doing wrong? I've heard people say over and over, you know, there's expressions like, you know, you see things are going well and they go, must be, must be right living, right? They must be doing something right. The problem with this is it's not a biblical worldview. It's just not the way that God deals with us on a, on a day-to-day basis. And we tend to then put people in categories. And we do what Job's friends did to him when they saw him suffering for, through no fault of his own. And they say, man, what did you do to deserve this? What in the world did you do wrong? Somebody messed up. You did. Your kids did. Someone messed up. And we tend to blame people for their own circumstances. Don't get me wrong, guys. There is an ultimate penalty for sin. And the first little fill in the blank is that the penalty for sin is death. The penalty for sin is death. Look at Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. However, the wages of sin is not cancer. It's not AIDS. It's not bankruptcy. It's not male pattern baldness. All right? The penalty for sin is death. It's the only thing the Bible talks about over and over and over again. This is the, the, the punishment for the Bible describes. And you know what? It often takes this ultimate look. Does that make sense? Like this is an ultimate penalty. Um, it's not so much an ongoing day-to-day occurrence. We do something bad, something bad happens. We do something good, something good happens. Um, this is more of a long-term type of deal. Look at James 1.15. And Pastor Brandon just used this scripture. I love it. It says, The evil desires when it has conceived... Gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully matured, brings forth death. This is something that we sometimes we work towards, and as we see that thing develop in our lives, as we continue to choose badly and choose badly and choose badly, the end result of this thing is death. I have these friends, uh, Joe and Rebecca. They live back in California, and man, the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. And when uh, when Rebecca was pregnant with their second child, she found out about three or four months in that this child was going to have some complications. The child was ultimately born with Down syndrome, and she had another unbelievably rare disease where her left hand didn't form correctly, and she, uh, the three fingers were stuck together. And um, I tell you what, if you're in this mindset of things happen badly, and therefore somebody must have done wrong, the tendency could be to look at those people and say, man, they messed up. This is God's punishment on them for doing something wrong. And you could not be further from the truth. These are the most loving, kind worshipful people in the world. They, they, they minister to children in their church, and they're great. You know what? It's a consequence of their zip code. Just like Pastor Brandon just said, sometimes bad things just happen, and it's nobody's fault necessarily. You know, though, we said that uh, the penalty for sin is death, and here's my second point. Somebody will pay the price. Someone will pay it. That's the bad news. And this is the, the first part of that was the yes part of does God punish people? The second part, this is sort of the no part, if that makes sense. Somebody will pay the price. The good news is it doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to be you. God sent Jesus to deal with our sin issue. He didn't just set the requirement aside. He didn't just set our debt aside. That would have been one thing. You ever have anybody cancel a debt for you? Right? You owed some money and they said, oh, you don't owe anymore. This wasn't that deal where we said, now this requirement is no longer valid. Jesus just paid the price for you. It's like going to a restaurant and having somebody pick up your tab. Uh, the, the manager or the owner of the restaurant didn't just say, well, you don't owe this money. Somebody else paid it. The price had to be paid. If we're in Christ, though, here's the thing. Jesus has already paid it. Isn't that good news? Man, we had a price to be paid. We, something we couldn't pay, and Christ accomplished something we could never accomplish. That's good news. Somebody should shout amen at that. That's good. God paid the price. 
Look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be, that we could be made right with God through Christ. Christ never sinned. He, he owed no debt, and yet he became the offering for our debt. Look at Galatians 5.13. Christ has rescued us. He's rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for all wrongdoing, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. You guys, the price had to be paid. It did. The good news is we didn't have to pay it. If you're in Christ, that debt has been handled. It's been canceled. It's been paid in full. The last thing is this, though. You know, God doesn't necessarily have to go around punishing us left and right for everything we do wrong because sin carries its own punishment. Think about that for a second. God calls certain behaviors and certain attitudes sin not because he just doesn't like them, not because he wants to withhold things from you, but because they're destructive, because they cause death. And he's telling you right now, just like in Deuteronomy, choose now, life and death, blessing and cursing. I'm telling you, he gives you the answer, choose life. But these things that we choose to participate in anyway, they carry their own set of consequences. If we run in the street and get hit by a car, God did not punish us for playing in the street. We made a choice and there was a consequence. God may not punish the way we think he does. But you know what he does do? He does discipline us. And those two words are used so much interchangeably, I think we sometimes lose the meaning of those words. But they're not the same thing. Look at Hebrews 12.6. My dear children, it says, don't shrug off God's discipline. Don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. The big difference between punishment and discipline is that punishment is, is, is payback. It's retribution. This is something you owe. You did wrong, therefore, I got you. This is why we have to be so careful with our kids when we punish them or we discipline them, right? We get in this place of anger. You did this thing. You got this coming to you. When we really need to step back for a second and say, how am I going to correct? How am I going to guide this child? God's discipline is corrective. He doesn't hold our past against us. He doesn't throw things in our face years later. You know what he doesn't do also? Someone needs to hear this. He doesn't punish our kids for things we did. He doesn't punish. It's not my God. That's not the way he operates. So when somebody's going through stuff, we don't say, man, what did they do wrong? I wonder what happened. I wonder what choice they made. Sometimes, though, we make choices for ourselves. And you know what? Sometimes other people make choices for us, too. And sometimes we have a consequence for other people's choices as well. But if we choose destructive, run healthy lifestyles, the resulting consequences are of our own design. You know, when my, my, my kids were little, um, they would like to play with stuff, didn't they? They all have kids, right? When they like to pick things up, they get to that age where they're touching things, and they're grabbing stuff. You know, if they grab something hot, it hurts. If they grab something hot twice, well, then something's wrong. Usually they grab it once and that's enough, right? The consequence was there, they felt it, and they didn't go back and do it again. Some of those consequences are minor. I'll tell you what, some of that, as we get older and we have to experience some of those, sometimes they get harder and harder to deal with. But God's discipline, I want you guys to hear this. God's discipline is always corrective. It's not punitive. He doesn't hold our past against us. He's not trying to hurt us. He's trying to bring us back to him. He's trying to guide us. He's trying to lead us. So in closing, yes, God punishes sin. He already poured out his wrath on Jesus on your behalf to make you right with God. If you're in Christ, then you are already a recipient of that grace that calls you righteous based on what Jesus did. 
But no, God doesn't punish the way we think he does, or even like in that video, the way we kind of wish he would sometimes, right? When somebody else hurts us, boy, I sure wish God would go smack that guy upside the back of the head. He doesn't punish the way we think he does. He doesn't punish the way that we sometimes wish he would. He doesn't cause bad circumstances, but he does work through those circumstances and through the, the consequences of some of our own choices to bring us back to him. Amen. I know the Bible says that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven, but even my phone shows me three ways I can get to Dallas. So why is Jesus the only way I can get to heaven? Uh, these questions, they, they, all, they all build on one another. Obviously, God is for us. God, God does not want us dealing with, this, with the, the death part of this. We weren't hardwired for that. It, and God is bringing us constantly into life. God has chosen life for us and wants us there. Okay? Remember, the, I said the part we don't like to swallow is the fact that we were stuck in death and we needed to get over to life. And you know what? And there was a, I'd heard the story before of the man that falls over the cliff. Okay, he's out camping, falls over the cliff, and man, there's a branch, and he grabs the branch, and he's holding on to the branch, and he's holding on for dear life, and he hollers up, and he's like, uh, he hollers up, he goes, I need some help, I need some help. And uh, he hears the voice come back and uh, tell him, he says, well, let go and trust me. And I was like, uh, who is this? He's like, well, it's God. Oh, well, I need some help. I need some help. Well, let go and trust me. Well, who is this? It's God. The man finally says, is there anybody else up there? There's the thing is that we, we were stuck. We were stuck on the death side. There was no way. There was no way. Okay. So this thing of saying that this religion thing of and all of that, it, that it's all this, this preference and that for us to be right with God and that for Jesus to be it is somehow intolerant and that we should, should, be, should play nicer as Christians and go, you know what, Buddhists are right and Hindu is right and Islam is right and all this because they can be sweet people too and all of that kind of stuff. The problem is, is that none of them answer the sin question. Jesus is the only one that makes the way where there was no way. It's not a narrow view. It's not an intolerant view. It's not, it's that there was no way and God made a way. And people have to choose that way. It's just the fact. Jesus is the only one that deals with the sin issue. And the truth is, is that all truth is intolerant. Hard truth is intolerant. Two plus two equals four. We don't go, <laughs> seriously, my kid said it was five. And if you say it's not, I'm going to punch you in the face. That's just intolerant. I, I think it can be five. I want it to be five. That's just narrow. No, it's truth. We don't do that. We don't get an argument. Now, if we say that, that uh, you know, coffee shop down the street has the best coffee in the world, fact. Somebody's going to go, uh, No. Why? Because that is an opinion. And guess what? Re uh, the way to God is not about an opinion. It is about fact. It is about the fact that we needed our sin dealt with. 
We needed it. Jesus is the only way to heaven because he's the only way that one that addresses sin. Nat hit on the fact that, that Jesus was the only one without sin. So many people think that it's kind of jerky. It's kind of mean that the sweet people you know with their little sins, their little sins, um, that, they, that their penalty for that sin is death. That their penalty for that sin is death. And that you add all of their stuff up together and it's death. But then, you know, that, that jerk that, that did this thing, horrible thing that I read about in the newspaper that's just you can't even wrap your mind around. Well, that guy, his sin deserves death and hell and a kick in the teeth too. That guy's horrible. But sweet little, uh, you know, Aunt Susie, she, you know, she's sweet. And her, her little mistakes, you know, that's just, that's just mean of God that... Hers is death. Bull. It is glorious. It is beautiful. It is the most awesome thing ever. And this is why. This is why. Okay? Because, guess what? If things were laid out like you and I do, we have to give measured appropriation. You know, guess what? If our law said, you make one mistake, you're toast, there'd be no population. We have to measure things out appropriately just so we can survive socially. But with God, He made that anything... You do, a whole, you do a list of a hundred, it's death. You do one, it's death. So look, because Nat hit on it. God didn't sweep it under the rug. It is legally done. Jesus legally takes care of our sin. The punishment had to come. It's not, I'm just playing nice and doing it God's way and he turns the other way. No, it's really dealt with. So here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. That God can take every sin ever committed, ever, ever ever in history forward backwards all of it and if one man had done all of that the penalty would be death would be separation from god so god can therefore allow one man who had none of his own to have everybody piled on him and take care of it all in one deal and it is legal and it is just and it is right if it was measured out, you add this, well, here's this penalty, add this and this penalty. One sacrifice couldn't do it. It couldn't do it. It'd, find, it'd pile up and pile up and pile up and pile up and it'd get bigger every day and with every decision we made and all that, it would get worse and worse and worse. That's why we don't have to worry about Jesus going to the cross again because it was enough. I don't care how ugly it gets, how nasty it gets out there, Jesus' penalty paid is still enough. It's legal, it's right, it's just, and we're right with God with it, and it is glorious and beautiful, and it is our way out. He did it so that it could be paid. He made it where death was it, so that we could be forgiven, so that Jesus could take it all, and it would be right, and it would be legal, and it would be just. It is gorgeous. Everything God does is grace, everything he does. The more you learn about him, everything he does is from an act of you, even the stuff that seems harsh, like Aunt Susie being bound to hell forever and death for her little stuff seems harsh. It is so sweet and it is so wonderful. And thank you, God, because it made it where she could be forgiven and so could all of us. See, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. 2 Corinthians five twenty one says, For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name 
under heaven given to which men must be saved. There's no other name that we can go, you know what? This, this punishment that Nat said, it has to be paid. Somebody's going to pay it. What do we do with this? There's no other name that we can go, you know what, God? I put mine on Jesus. And he goes, it's done. It's done then. That's the only name. It's the only name. I, can, I we can't do it. I can't say, I, God, I gave my sin to Nat. It's like, Nat's got his own stuff, boy. You're on your own. There's no other name. There's no other name. God, God is gracious. He's gracious that he left the window open and we're not stuck in death and destruction all the time. That we have access and things that represent heaven itself. He is gracious in the fact that our this, this stuff had to be dealt with and God made a way. He's gracious in the fact that there's only one. There's only one. And Jesus is it and that he made a way. It's all grace. It's all grace. God wants us to know him and trust him. Even in the places where it doesn't make sense, I guarantee you he's operating grace in your life. Those places of correction that Nat talked about, God doesn't use stuff. He don't put yuck on us. He don't give us little spankings. Well, I got a ticket. God was giving me a little fine, so I'd slow down. No, God, God, his correction, it's, it, it's within our hearts. It's, he's, it, is him, it is him speaking to us. It is called conviction. That is his correction. And then God uses his, the body of believers, and somebody you know and trust will come to you and say, you know what, buddy, you need to, you need to deal with this. God, that is God's correction. It's not pain, it's not physical harm, it's not lack, it's not any of that. Those can be consequences of bad decisions and the zip code we're in. God's correction, that loving thing. Oh, oh, he's so good. So this morning, we've got to start. Everything else has to be built with this paradigm. That God loves us. Jesus is the only way. This mortal period is when we step over from death to life. And that everything he does is grace. And everything is built from there. Everything. 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 This morning I want to provide those who need to step over from death to life. I want someone to provide this opportunity. If you can just bow your heads right quick. We are wrapping up right now.